Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Hey guys, this is episode number 52 of Talk Truth, and I'm your boy Mario Evan and again, so happy to be here on another Sunday. Today's a special day for me because one of, not one of, the guest I have today is one of my closest friends and every season to date I've had a conversation about body image perceptions around body image and weight and um, they're important conversations to have and my friend here today with me is Elva Clark and um, I'm gonna allow Elva to introduce herself shortly but we're gonna have a conversation around her journey with her weight and a whole bag of things. Elva, hi. Hey Mario, thank you for having me. Thank you for agreeing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Elva, tell us a little bit about, I want to hear two sides. Tell us about who is Elva, the human, and tell us about what you do. Okay, who is Elva, the human? Elva, the human, is an expression of God's love and his creative talent, not to overstate it. But, um, yeah, on a a serious note, I, I really do believe that I am an expression of God's love, and that's part of... I mean, that's the principal essence of Elva. And I am daughter, sister, auntie, friend, cousin, business owner, lots of things. I mean, I think I'm getting more into what I do. So I work in the field of occupational safety Um, and health. mm -hmm. Um, Just started fresh out the oven as a lecturer um, but for years I've been doing training instruction professional development coaching things of that nature all within the field of occupational safety and health in a nutshell you sound like um, teaching and and supporting others is a big part of your life yes it is it is right <laughs> it what, is. Whether, whether you want to or not right yeah, it seems like you were indirectly, called yeah I think that's just part of Elva right yeah. Where do you hail from in Jamaica? Montego Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're a proud, I like to call you guys Mobishans. You're a proud Mobishan. <laughs> Montegonian is the correct term. <laughs> okay, yes. But maybe that's just me as a Kingstonian alienating yeah, you. I'm, Mobishan. I'm a true Montegonian beach girl. Sand still in my hair from as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I believe there's some grains that still yeah, man, stay there. Still there. <laughs> still there. Mm-hmm. What I want to know from you is, let's start out with this whole conversation as to how you see yourself. So, I, I mean, I always grew, I grew up a skinny kid and I like to think that I am a medium adult. <laughs> let's be realistic about where I am now at this stage in my life. Um, how would you define yourself as a child in terms of body image? So I, I came out plump. I've I've always um, been, I think even though there have been variations, 
by and large, I've always been chubby, fat, you know, ever since I was small. And that's just how I viewed myself as a child. Right. Um, yeah. But, but even as a child, I remember seeing childhood pictures of you and you were bigger than some of the other kids too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not talking about fat now, I'm talking about height and just general, or, or not really. At different points, but not really. But not out of context of normal no, growth spurts no, for no. girls, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I was always fatter, but not necessarily bigger. Like right, some of the, like more I mature really looking, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the children that I grew up around were really small. <laughs> right. And they're still really small people. Right, right. Yeah, right. really diminutive um, things, but... Um, so you were actually normal size and they were small. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of height, yeah. Right. I think a lot of them were really... Actually, yeah, it's either two ends of the spectrum. They were really tall or they were really, or really short. short. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah. But I didn't... So I, even though I always knew, not growing up, I think I was fortunate. Um, when did you actually know, though? And how did you know? Because you know, I don't, yeah, think, I don't I think I didn't know. Did. I don't think I know. I knew different. It just I can't remember when I knew, right? Or didn't know, or when I became like that. I was just always big baby. Or, or I should say, no. When did you have a personal awareness of the fact that you were like plump? Because you know, plump wouldn't be a concept for a child. It becomes a concept when someone starts to tell you. No, but I think people tell you have told me my whole life. Right. Okay. So. As far as I'm concerned, um, I cannot remember it not being pointed out. Right, right. That you are bigger than the others. Right. Um, Sometimes kindly, sometimes not so kindly, but it was always pointed out. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like I can't conceive of a time when that wasn't the case. Right, right, right. And and given that you grew up in Jamaica, we know that kids in general can can be mean. Did you have a childhood where you were picked on for being plump? No. And I think that that's a very that's why I was um alluding to the fact that I'm I was fortunate. Right. So the children that I was exposed to in the main, it was not an issue. Right. Just, I was just one of the kids. Um, probably a little sheltered, right. um, but those, you know, my school was small. We all, so I think to, to perhaps understand a bit better is to get an idea of the concept. Mm-hmm. So I started a school at two and a half years old. Right. And I stayed there until I took common entrance at about, what, that's 10, 10, 11. Yeah, 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same group of people. So we all uh, grew up. Together. Together. And. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't have been mean. <laughs> their parents raised them well. Right, 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 right. <laughs> the school would, was not supportive of that kind of thing. And I really think I was just fortunate. Um, good space, good people. Eh? Good space, good people. But my my sister says that I was sassy. Right. I mean, look at the halo. (laughs) (laughs) How could that even be possible? But she claims that because of my attitude. Nobody messed with you. That people didn't think that they could. Right, right, Um, right. 
I didn't perceive myself that way right. at the time. But there's a possibility. But there's a you, possibility that you were I was, protecting that yourself, I was, right? right? I was protecting myself, and I think she also protected me as well because I never felt alone. You know, like sometimes I'll even see children, you know, and they're by themselves, and it, it didn't even. I didn't have that experience. Right. I was sister. just between my sister and my friends, and your sister was at the same school. She was, but she left. She she's yeah, much older, mm-hmm. so she left like five years ahead right. of me. So but the other social circles would have been church and other things like that. Right, so, right, right. Um, so that's beautiful, then. So then you never really had a negative construct around weight as a child in that primary school. You know that for you know that primary education level. Mm-mm. which is interesting because a lot of my teasing happened at that level, yeah, which yeah. is very interesting. And it wasn't around weight at all, but the kids were awful. Oh, okay. <laughs> they were awful. They were beating up the psyche, man. <laughs> yeah. All right, so you moved in. Well, let me ask you a quick about the family, which is always interesting because a lot of people like to tie weight to family history. And if you have, mm. is your mom big? Is your dad big? Was your dad big, you know? Nah. <laughs> no, right? Same mommy. So genetically, no. is there anybody in the family that has a similar kind of build to you? Um, I think no. That's an interesting question. I know, right? I never thought about it before asking. <laughs> <laughs> so um so weight is an interesting thing in my family. Now that you're saying it, I'm looking around my family. Right, and thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I don't think most of my cousins and Stuff that were really, really skinny kids. A lot of them would have like put on weight post childbearing, right, adulthood, right, right, things right. like that. Um, but they're not. Um, they wouldn't have come out of the oven chubby like I did, or right. grew up, or as a child, right, right. So it wasn't um, the norm in in my family. Um, hmm. Never thought of that. You <laughs> it was really, and, I, and I'm looking at both sides and I'm not really not, seeing. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. All right, so we transition on then. I guess you'd move to high school next. Right. And anything different there or was it the same kind of supportive en- en- environment is what I meant to say? Um, I I would say yes. I'm like, I, I just didn't have that experience right. in high school. Just, I think, just as a part of adolescence, I became more self-conscious about my appearance. Right. Um, I also lost a lot of weight during the period of high school and kind of got... I didn't even realize. At that point, I definitely had body dysmorphia because I still saw a fat person. When I look back at pictures now, I'm like, whoa. You realize, right. Yeah, that was gone. Um, But... In terms, I think in high school, I also didn't have that. I thought, and I thought that I would have had a challenge there. I was probably too busy. You were focused, you were busy, and you still had friends who probably followed you into high school as well, too. Yes, but, but even during high school with the new friends that I made... We we became friends on common ground, so things that we loved, music. I used to be very active. I used to dance. I used to right, right, right. Um, be on choir and in you know performance and 
student council and all of that. I was eventually head girl, so I was very... Yeah, present, active, involved. Present, active, involved. And so there wasn't... My perspective at the time didn't really lend to an active teasing... Right, right, ...kind of um, situation. Yeah, I want my listeners to also know that um, we're not painting fat as bad either, but just culturally, and I think a lot of the social constructs is that a lot of fat people mm. get picked on, bullied, troubled. Um, but right now, up until this point of your journey, you have had a pretty normal life. You just know I mean, that you're you're bigger, but you're not really going through any abuse in a school system, which is good. I, I mean, not, nothing overt. Nothing significant, right? So, so if you, if, if I'm walking down the road, of course, Jamaican spare nothing and they call you fatty and they call you, you know, champion. And <laughs> I mean, at that time, right. you know, they would just call to you all kinds of things. And I perhaps had this, and maybe I still have it. I don't even know if it's healthy. I just kind of... Uh, block things <laughs> right 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 so, so i just i mean i just tried i tried my best not to some of it sometimes depending on the day you'd internalize and you know the mood you're in but in the main i did not allow it to affect you significantly <sighs> no but but while that is true mm-hmm. There was a part of me that felt that there was something about me that needed to be fixed. Ah. It was something that I was I needed to be actively working on all the time. Yeah. So so my dieting started at nine. Mm. Um, doctor recommended that I needed had to must <laughs> get rid of this excess weight. Um, and and the intention of course is good, but. To really, and it was a, it was a very strict. I think we didn't call it Atkins, but it was really like low carb. So there was a meal plan. So there was, yeah, there was a know this, know that, know so and so. Right. Um, which of course was almost impossible for a child, especially for a child to adhere to, and especially if everybody isn't doing it. So. So they tried. <laughs> they tried. <laughs> right, everybody. And we're, not, we're talking everybody as in all the children around you and also in the household, right? So like, no, like in the household, like mm-hmm. when we would try to, they would have that too. And then we really started to enjoy salads and things of that nature. But, but this um, is not the life of a teenager. But, <laughs> this is but of course, no matter what you do, some cheese crunchies running now and again and, yeah. It you was know, some some other things because like yeah, it's just that's not just how it is, terrible, right? No, really. no, no, no. Um, and then even during high school, I mean, before Slim Fast, there was this thing called Eat and Lose. Eat and Lose, tell me, eat tell me lose. about it. Eat and Lose was like Slim Fast, and it was meal replacement, um, meal replacement shakes. So one summer, I said, I can do this. I can I can do this. My my auntie had had sent them because it, there was a the concern was really your health. You need to lose weight. This can't you don't want you to carry this into adulthood, etc. etc. It was a kind of mindset, but it was not a. Even then, I understood it as a supportive mindset and right. not a not a. There's something you know, you are fine, but we want you to. And it didn't feel as extreme as an intervention either. No, even no, no. The, yeah, no. So, 
So I said, all right, we go do this. <laughs> like 13 years old. So the summer, I would like make the shake, right? I'd drink it. And then I'd be like, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all a liquid diet? So it's all, no, it all of like, the liquid? Is it, no. Or you just replace, right? You replace some things with the liquid. With it's the shake. like they would say replace um, two meals with a shake and you can have one. Right. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I can do this. Yeah. But you drink the shake. I'm like, what just happened? I'm still hungry. Right. But 20 minutes later, I go and eat something. Because I was hungry. <laughs> Somehow... <laughs> Somehow it worked still. Yeah. For some strange reason. I mean, you probably caught a lot of your calories significantly. Maybe so. I did, yeah. Because so, yeah, I maybe you, water still ate, doing everything else, still, active, right? Yeah. So I, I did lose um, I did lose some weight. And then I don't remember what I did between the third and fourth form. I know I lost a significant amount of weight at some to the extent that my uniforms and stuff had to be adjusted. Right. Um. After. And again, I didn't even realize because it's like when we're going back to school and you're, you're trying on everything and making sure everything, I'm like, my, my clothes hanging. <laughs> right. When you look back at that particular moment, a teenager on a meal plan mm-hmm. and lo- losing weight, did you feel like you had lost a significant amount of weight? Did you recognize it or no. in your mind you still feel in like In my mind, you... I'm still not there because there, for me... There was an ideal weight that I needed to be at in right. order to be healthy. Yeah. Right? They had and that was a number, the, right? The mm-hmm. doctor's office, you are five, six. You are to be within this and this. Right. So if I was not be- between that and that, I was just, I, was, I wasn't there. I was, right. So no matter how much it lost, you didn't make right. it, right? So, so in my mind, even though everything else was, was going on and I was functioning and, and doing well, yeah. really well. Depending on how you look at it, right? <laughs> um, then the the elements in, in for my own self, I was not at my highest self. Right, right. At that time, that's how I saw it. Right. I'm not, I'm not actualizing. I didn't think the word actualizing then, but I'm like, right. You, this is you haven't reached a goal, right? Yeah. I'm not. I am not the best person I can be because I'm not this number yeah yeah so so where do we move after high school and and on the journey i should say where would be the next significant um change in your life the next significant change would probably be you going into early adulthood Mm -hmm. um so when i went to ue i got very sick within the first week um and i got Polypore prednisone. And I knew then. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, I was going to what say What I know now. <laughs> oh, well. so, I, so I went in. Uh, I had I had trimmed down, went through some trauma and stuff. And, and trimmed down. You know, but, and you, I think generally people tend to be kind of lean 17, 18 in that age group. Right. Um, and then, but when I went in... I I had to go to the hospital. I had to take and the steroids just <laughs> just blew me up. So I didn't understand steroids. No, I don't know if the whole idea of tapering was a thing then. Right? <laughs> You're like, did they learn? Did they learn to taper steroids? Then? <laughs> I don't know, but I just took them because. 
that I didn't understand the effect that they would have. Right. And so I had just in the first. How long you were on him? Like it was like, like a month or two. Oh, no, it was not, not a long time, but mm. it was. But it was, the effect was was significant. Was right. significant because it don't take much for me to put on with. So, um, so I had started to regain a lot of weight during um, during UA plus the whole thing of not being home and trying to right. Cause we're now in Kingston and not yeah. in Mobe. And I remember, um. Actually, that was after you. But I remember going to the to the doctor, and she said your BMI is actually off the chart. Wow. Yeah, she's like, look at the chart, and she was pointed to the space beside it on the wall. I said, you're over here. You're off the chart. And so as I was trying to explain to her some of the challenges I was having, and everything I said to her, she just knocked it down. She was like, you don't hear it. You have to. She don't want to hear. She don't care that I don't have a stove for myself or a fridge for myself. Mm-hmm. Or she's like, you just need to do better. You and I stopped talking because I realized that she wasn't hearing. Me. Right. She wasn't trying to listen to you either. Mm-hmm. She wasn't hearing me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think at that point, I really started to beat on my beat up on myself. Okay, you really need to do better in terms of what you eat and what you do and so tried to do different things again at that point it was really difficult to to be away from home you're living on hall right i was living on hall for mm-hmm. a portion of the time like final year i lived off campus but still away from home um trying to take a, to to work through a degree um and uh, it just it just never make. I just couldn't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't do any better than I was doing. But when I left, I said, "Okay, we're going to do this." I actually, went to the doctor and said, "A doctor, not that one." <laughs> right, <laughs> new doctor this time. <laughs> new doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and said, "Look, I need to. I want to do whatever measures I can to whatever." And uh, that doctor recommended uh, again high protein, low carbohydrate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm worked like a dream. I started losing weight the day. Every day, I lost like one to two pounds, yeah. like consistently. Right. Um, so I lost a lot of weight. And then, but while that was happening, I didn't realize that I was losing a lot of energy. Mm. And then I was just like, at the point where, you know, to make the steps, people were like, you know, you're actually walking slower. Right. <laughs> like, what do you mean? And then I really started to feel it. And then one day I ate, I think it was a piece of bread. So I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Carbs. <laughs> Carbs. Oh my God. Yeah. And then I felt so much better after. I was like, so alive. I'm like, that's yeah, funny, no. funny stories. Yeah, no, because <laughs> yeah. yesterday I was, I've been eating vegan, vegan, what you call it, vegan protein. Mm-hmm. And I buy, a yard style, yeah, but you see, and I was down <laughs> in that festival and rice. I mean, I was eating like I never saw food in my life, like exactly. the box clean, and it was the carbs. Yeah, <laughs> trust me. And so, and so in that period, now is when I started to go up. I mean, yo-yo dieting. So it was the low carb one day, then there was cabbage soup. Name my diet, I've done it. Um, smash diet, 
all of these different diets that have and all all diets will work i can tell you that right Every, the any question diet, is just how long can you do it how long can you do it and can you keep it off because diets are not they're not designed to be long term are they Some they're not really designed to be long term and they don't really solve your issue right right so there was a, the whole uh, there was another meal set of meal replacement shakes that i tried my stomach went i got it was while i was doing that that i actually developed GERD right because i wasn't eating and then they would say just have the shake but don't eat any carbs i said this must work so <laughs> shake shake and when i ate it was just meat and vegetables yeah so my stomach was not happy about that over a period of time right and pretty much just started to rebel to the point where i couldn't hold anything down like water would just come back up it was just t- stomach totally inflamed yeah so it was just going through all of those iterations of diets and uh, still thinking that, you know, you need to be fixed. You need to fix yourself. <laughs> you need at, to. At that point, though, like you said, the diets didn't solve the issue. At that point, what did you think you had a specific issue if, in your mind? No. Or, you've, or you just felt like, boy, I just have on weight and I need to get rid of it? I just felt like I had on weight and I need to get rid of it. But I think perhaps the next phase mm. is when you realize that it, it's bigger, something is wrong with the whole diet advice. It's, right. It doesn't work. If it, was so, if it were so simple, then all of us would be thin. Right. If all you had to do was to restrict yourself for three months and whatever. Right, because you and Bob and Joan can have the same diet, but you won't all come out looking the same way. Right? same. And really what we're doing is treating the symptom and not treating the cause. Right. So why are you over? And there are so many reasons why we carry weight. Right. And when, when, when you're getting all of this dieting and stuff advice, nobody tells you about leptin and ghrelin and how much of a struggle it is, especially if you are already, or if you already have the fat cells, how difficult it is. Right. Nobody explains that to you. They just say you need to decrease your, your input and increase your output. It's right. that simple. Right, right, Lies. right. <laughs> I, I mean, it really is that simple, but it's not that simple because yeah. there are a whole other set of confounders and other factors that influences someone's health and the outcomes. So what is it? Is it a hormone imbalance? Is it, you know, what what really is causing it? Is it... Glucose intolerance. What's really causing it? Is it, it emotional, emotional eating? eating? Right? <laughs> right? And if it's emotional eating... Then they shrink. <laughs> or no, seriously, good you friends. need some kind of management for it. Right, you need to manage the mind before you can you manage, need to manage the, the, mind. the food. So right? I, I didn't realize that I, was, I would eat emotionally. So one day I had just eaten. like, And I'm talking about two, three years ago. Just ate lunch, had a proper lunch. Full. Fine. And I had a challenge at work. Something happened and stressed. And immediately, I felt like I hadn't eaten all day. I was like, you cannot be hungry. Right. Impossible. You cannot be hungry. Impossible. This cannot be true hunger. Yeah. This is a response to the stress. Yeah. And when I used to study, I remember I used to study with snacks all the time. Right. And so, now when I'm looking back, I realize that when, you, when there is a difficulty... 
you tend to, you know, and then I'm doing this through the night. Yeah. And then you don't realize that. You didn't realize it was a problem then, right? Exactly. Right. Because, and then for some people, some people were doing that and they were slim. They were slim. They were fine, <laughs> right? Were no issue. So everybody know that we're going to study tonight. So you buy up your snacks. Everybody does it. For me and my body type. Right. The, the result is different. I, I, I just have a different makeup. And so, so, so what my most recent, and I'm still on the journey, mm-hmm. my most recent revelation is that this whole diet culture thing is really not serving us and that we need to look at our specific issues. Right. We need to advocate for our own health. Just before I was, I was telling you that a lot of the times my feeling is that my health isn't taken care of. When I seek, um, when I see a medical, pro- he's not my doctor, by the way. Right, but I'm not your <laughs> doctor, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I'm her doctor friend, but not her not doctor. doctor friend, but She's not, not throwing not. shade at me, but it's okay. I, I'm okay. I can't, my back broad. I don't know. <laughs> right. I can't handle comments about the profession because I know some of them are true. Yeah. So I feel as though you will go to a doctor with a particular health issue. And everything is because you're fat. Right. So your knee hurting you, your joints hurting you is because you're fat. Everything is because <laughs> it's because you're fat. And people with mental illness have that same problem. Um, once you mention something like a little depression or a little mm-hmm. anxiety, somebody's ready to already jump, uh, jump the entire differential diagnosis list and jump yeah. to the end, which is not what we were taught. We were taught yeah. to rule out all medical things before you make a psychiatric okay. diagnosis. Yeah. And the same should apply. Yeah, and I, but I think wait. Mm-hmm. I think there is that inherent bias that's there. So part of it is the training, part of it is is it's the culture, the individual, right? The individuals mm-hmm. bias that this person is before me fat, so they're lazy, they overeat, right, right, all of these things, which could come from their own homes or from general culture, or just from general culture. Mm-hmm. So people who know me well wonder about how much I eat. Right. Like, but, but I eat more than you. How, how right, is this happening? Right, right, right. How so they're now trying to match out how you are having a salad and still not. Right. Yeah. And just, I mean, outside of me having a salad, people who work alongside me and like they spend time with me. They realize not they eating realize that much. They realize that, but if you're, this don't make sense. You're, you're supposed to be eating uh, this huge volumes of food all the time right to explain why you look like that because that's that's the only way that's the only way had you ever like um consulted dietitians anywhere in the journey i mean outside of medical doctors you had seen Listen, dietitians I, you've I've seen, seen everybody <laughs> <laughs> i've seen them all <laughs> i've seen i've seen the dietitians like i can tell i was somebody like how many calories in a can of soda? It's like a 10 ounce can. It's too... Right, you <laughs> like, could tell I them. just, I can just So would, did that advice help in any way? Apart from learning how to calorie count, which is very important, actually. Uh, it's important, but... From an intake perspective. It's Im- so, so what is important, I think, is really the awareness about the content of the food. Like what's really right, the quality of, of it, right? the quality of your food. And so the quality of your calories, I think, is more... Um, I think critical, right? But I think because of it, I'm just really super aware. But it created a whole lot of anxiety. I still have food anxiety, right? Like every you don't even I want to touch certain things. I just 
if you put something before me, I've already... <laughs> you've, done, you, you've tallied that total on the plate. I've tallied that total. I'm like... Mm, this okay. is about 800 calories. Mm, all right. yeah, I'm like, this is too many carbs. This is not balanced. This is so... And I'm really... And I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I can... And I do it like that. I, I do it... I don't think normal people... Healthy, no, well, I said normal people. I mean, yeah, people, people who healthy. aren't like trying to train for a bodybuilding competition or lose yeah, weight, they're just healthy, eating food. No, views towards food. yeah, they're just eating. not really sitting down saying, Hmm, this hmm. is a thousand calories, mm-hmm. this is too many carbs, or this is too much, whatever. And this is, I wonder if the deep fat fried. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if this is refried. Yeah, it's like, hmm. hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, how did you counter the stereotypes i mean you name some of them but how did you in your life counter them if they ever came to you or if you even felt them i'm sure not all the time it was verbalized but sometimes you have experiences where oh yeah i think where people express something without saying it they express it a lot Mm -hmm. um (laughs) from from being in a in a serving line and they actually serve you less food Oh yeah, you and I have been out, and they've actually served you more food well, than me. Well, yeah, I'm a Jamaican man. You know how that goes. I think, but well, I think it's more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where we never, we'll, we'll never be sure, you know. But yeah, I, I was like, so, so you're not sure. So you're like, hmm. anyway, um, right? Moving right along, but I think often they will just cut my food because they, they figure you don't eat anymore. Listen, she eat too much. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Garrelis, and then him yeah. seem look like him could have do it some more. And they don't know that it suits me that they're doing that because I'm not going to eat as much anyway. Right. But it's fine. But it's um, not fair. <laughs> yeah, but it is what it is. Mm. But 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 those things you can kind of laugh away. But where I've really had real challenges, I think, is when I was in the job market, and I think people really made decisions and not favorable decisions. Right about how I would fit based on, on my weight. And sometimes they would ask me, well, this job is really physical. You have to walk up and down and wow. do inspections. Wow. Do you think you could manage that? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, big, that's a big job, yeah. Fortunately for them, I was younger then. They needed to have asked me something like that. No. Right. For me to ask them if this is a standard question for every candidate. Right. Who right. is interviewed. Right. I would not have said that. Then. Yeah. I know that, I know <laughs> that feeling. No. Right. <laughs> Should have been now. <laughs> Should have been now. Yeah. And and I've seen. Because that would be discrimination. I and mean, that's something that you could highlight in the interview. I would just want to know. Yeah. I just I just want to put it on the table. On mm-hmm. the table. And, and say, see how they respond. Yeah. And see how they respond. Yeah. But they then. My respond. whole mindset was different then. Because then. I felt like I had to. I was desperate for right. the job. Right, you're more eager for the job and yeah, to fit into the mold. Fit, right, and to fit into the mold. No, I'm more looking for whether or not I fit into their mold. Right, not the other way around. Right. So if, now, if I see something like that that looks like bad culture, it's easy for me to say. Yeah, yeah no, that probably wouldn't have been a good fit for me anyway. Um, but I've seen, I saw a local psychiatrist actually write in the paper that. People who are overweight are not good leaders because right. they're not hard workers and they don't have discipline. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> I, look, I mean, like a renowned, not psychiatrist, psychologist, mm-hmm. um, actually support the boss. Yeah. I'm like, 
So what about the skinny smokers? Where's their discipline? <laughs> <laughs> and the where, skinny drinkers with the big belly. The skinny bellies. drinkers. Yeah. Where's where's their discipline? What about the people who are addicted to sex that you probably don't know? About? Right, because it's hidden. You can't look and tell. Yeah, yeah. What about their discipline? What 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 is it? Because me, suppose I do have a challenge with weight. I know a bad leader. Right, right. Who, who extrapolates that? Right. Stuff. Who jumped from who there to there? Who jumped from mm-hmm. here to there? And this is somebody who is supposed to be trained and is looked upon. Right, right, as, right. For as, a professional a, opinion and a stable one. For a professional a opinion and opinion. a trusted at, um, mm-hmm. source and, and things of that nature. And so it as, also was filled with bias. It didn't even have another side. Eh? <laughs> I'm like, first, even if, even if there is a study, the study is biased. You cannot, it cannot be that that is the only indication. Right, right, Or a right. sound indication of someone's work ethic. And discipline. And discipline because of... Their weight. Because of their weight. Like... Yeah. But it, it has taken a long time for me to come a step back and say, what, what, you're not making sense. This is, this is your total, total bias. And mm-hmm. that has taken years of experience and my own personal growth to really just uh, look this is is it i know i'm a hard worker i know that i have good work ethic yeah so you can't just look at me and decide that i want to lead up to you telling me about constructs of self-love and keeping yourself sane but before we get there (laughs) i want you to actually tell me about realistically how has the weight affected you so I think that I... I mean, so I'm talking about really the negatives of it, if there really are any in your mind. I think really it, 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 it creates... Because that, that, those kinds of, that kind of bias in the society really manifests as a whole lot of microaggressions. Mm. Microaggressions to yourself? Oh, or against both you? Both both externally and, and internally. And internally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that perhaps on my my journey overall, it has something that has always been in the back there. Yeah. Um, I um, and so I sometimes wonder if I'm being judged. Right, even when you're not. Even when I'm not. Right, kind of like how all discrimination works, right? right. <laughs> So yeah. it's 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 in much the same way as as any discrimination. Yeah. Anybody who is discriminated yeah. Racism, again, yeah. uh, discriminated against, against yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, would have have those kinds of challenges. Um, so I guess it, it does affect your your security too, in terms of right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there are some health challenges that come along with it. Um, as well, working on those as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think so. So how it would have affected me is in my view of self, which is bigger than just the weight. Right. So, right. so the weight, you're a whole entity right. with different components. Right. So, so my whatever would have been contributed to the elements of my my view of myself that were negative mm-hmm. this would have been one of those things that i didn't think was ideal or perfect and so i felt needed some repairing as opposed to a mindset where i am grateful that my body still serves me right right and, right uh, right i 
all the things I've achieved <laughs> has been through this body with this, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, all and the things I've written, all the work I still do, it's done with this body. And that appreciation of the body doesn't mean that you don't want to lose weight or be healthy, but you just don't focus on being fixed. On being fixed on it. And, and so what it has translated to for me is for me being more mindful mm -hmm. of my body and uh, taking better care of it. So right. now, if I am to exercise or make a choice for food, and I'm thinking of the effect on my body in the sense that I want to do things that are good for my body. I'm not thinking of um, pressure to lose weight or um you know a particular fitness goal necessarily i mean those are there as well but it's right. more when i exercise my body appreciates this and i need to take care of it and do things that way i've had bad experiences at the gym um that's a whole not a set those are some those are macro aggression right those are macro aggression <laughs> yeah. so so the, the the main difference is that the goal is different and the, the reason and the reason behind the, the goal is different absolutely so so health is health is a greater concern than impressing anyone than fitting into some kind of body type mm. or mm. eating to suit some kind of fad mm. I'm going to be fly at any size. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're going to be fly at any size. Um, yeah. So if I'm up or down, because that, and then that is, that's, I guess that's what you're alluding to with the self-love. Like, yeah. I am just what so... are Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's a great way to start to yeah. view it in a different light so that it doesn't break you down. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I really don't see it anymore. I don't see the problem. All of us don't look the same. Right. I look like this. <laughs> Other people look like something else. Right. So right. I'm just, as I said, I'm not going to knock the thing that holds my essence. I'm not, I, I really have to do my best to take care of it. It has been carrying me. And I, I more lean towards that approach as opposed to my value, my worth is based on, you know, there's something wrong with me. Right. Because I don't look a particular way. Right, right. Like, who made these rules? Who made these rules? And why yeah. are we going to live by them? Who you know, made these rules? You know what's funny about all of these journeys? I always find that we come into the world as kids not knowing, you know, with a clean mind. And then we get corrupted by society mm -hmm. that then tells us that we're something else. Like and then we, we work, spend our entire lives evolving into realizing that it's okay again yeah you know that is not really about them it's about your journeys about you that's, or that's to not a, care it's fascinating journey, eh? almost right yeah it's fascinating because you spend your entire life almost trying to get back to your childlike mind in terms of not caring kids don't care kids don't care up to a point until they start until to get corrupted yeah what yeah mm -hmm. what? no go ahead I don't remember. You look like you had a thought. Say. You had a thought that was on the brim of your... Yeah, but you just said <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> All right, I hope you remember it. Um, um, it will come back, hopefully. I was going to say to you, I want to still stay in the realm of constructs of self-love and things to remind yourself that you're worthy. Are there any other things that you do? Any routines, habits, just um, things that keep you in a positive space in general, not even about weight alone, because again, mm. you're bigger than, you're more than just weight alone. 
Yeah, so I I have, so when I'm at my best, I'm not really doing it as, as well as I used to. But for me, my devotions in the morning are critical. When I consistently have that communion, right. first thing, it's re- it centers me in a way that <laughs> it's like, no, you know, what are going to break my stride after that? Yeah. Um, it also helps me to feel like I'm in alignment. Um, it sets the tone for me to be seeking direction yeah. throughout the day. And of late, um, I find myself doing that more. Like when I'm stuck or confused or unsure, actually, I said, God, you really think you think I should? I, I'm actually asking what what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to deal with this. Um, so I think that centering is, is very important. I was actually saying to myself that I need to actually practice, um, meditation. I don't really practice meditation, but my mind is racing a mile a minute all the time. And you want something that will slow that down. Start to, yeah, to, yeah, I started last year. It's beautiful, but there's a, there's a hump. There's a meditation hump and it's, you don't even know where the hump is, but in the beginning it feels very odd. Mm-hmm. But you see, once you get over that hump, mm-hmm. it starts to unlock. Okay. And then it's very beautiful <laughs> on the <laughs> like, other side. I'm like, yeah, because I'm like, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about, right? We're talking about meditation still. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird because it's like, at first you feel a little odd trying to like listen to your breath and follow your breathing and... Uh-huh. And then all but of a sudden, I mean, things I mean, really start to get quieter around you. Yeah, know, I really think that. I'm you meditate subconsciously. Just, no, it's just, it's too complicated. It's not, you know, it's focus, not, it's not, it's focus not. Focus on the You just have to do a few sessions. On, on this and I'm like... And all good all. meditation programs will highlight that you will be distracted. Listen, and I say, okay, focus on this. Focus on, you know, like as I was reading and she said, <laughs> focus on the reason. Then you're saying, okay, which reason? <laughs> Golden reason. I know, right? Raisin in the sun. Your, mm-hmm. your, your, your brain goes all over. So like when I'm counting sheep to fall asleep, I can't even do that. So I'm counting sheep to fall asleep. And then in my mind, there is a sheep that gets stuck. Because <laughs> you're too then smart. That's the problem. You know? Your sheep start going through crises. And then my sheep, exactly. And then it's talking and I'm like, oh my then God, I'm going to get it up. Right. And then I'm like, and then I'm totally, I'm gone. But this the is the whole point of the meditation that your sheep are only jumping over the fence. That's all they do. I'm actually still seeing the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> the one stuck in the, stuck stuck. in the fence. Yeah, so my mind is, is really hypo. Yeah. Um, so I am um, learning. I mean, I'm still on it. There is still just so much to learn. But overall, how would you say you feel about yourself right at this point in life? Well, you did say it's already parts of it. I'm good. I think that. I'm on a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I there are things that I need to do, and and it's, the journey is very personal. It's very much mine. Yeah, uh, it is the pace at which I go, what I'm able to do. No, it's difficult. I'm not open. I'm not receptive to the judgment that would surround what people think about me. Right. 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 Because they have no idea. They can't know because it's my journey. Right. They don't know what you've been and through. And they don't know what I've been through and they don't know what I am going, going through. through. Right. <laughs> right. Um, 
and and what what they see is what they see and what they think is none of none and of your business none of my business yeah so, i always love that saying so i i am really coming into that because uh, to and, and i think i always had it a little bit but i'm really coming into it yeah and so between that connection with god and knowing that look God made me. I'm still here. There are a lot of people, young, old, right, who, who are no gone. longer here. That means if I'm I here. I am still mm-hmm. here. There are things for me to do, mm-hmm. and I need to get in alignment so that I know that I'm doing what I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. And that is where my mind is. And so, because my mindset is is more that way, I'm less worried about other things. Absolutely, I feel like. God has my back. He is taking care of me. He's not going to take me anywhere. That you can manage, that you can. Right. Even if I feel that way, and when I feel like I just let it go, because there is nothing else I can do. Yeah. And trust, trust the process. Trust the process, (laughs) yes. That I'll be carried. Um, And so the other things the worry about that yeah sometimes there may be little triggers and there may be things people say or something like that you know jamaican culture right we in don't general hold, hold nothing in back. general is not um it's not, not sensitive it's not a sensitive culture. it's not sensitive i'm sure say it's not kind because they're kind yeah we have kind sensitive. and nice people not sensitive all the time direct open crass <laughs> Fast. I just feel like certain things People. just don't need to be said, and, then, and we and say them. Culture, yeah, we like say anything you want. So when oh, you have to say everything you see. So when you haven't seen someone in a long time, and them say, "Lord Jesus, my yah, big ago," I'm like, "Have you seen me yet?" When me a big ago? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <what> <laughs> excuse, excuse me. <laughs> no, that is a common thing. Yeah, like, yeah. When me a big ago? What I'm like? Are you look healthy, round, fluffy? Yeah. Fat. Like, <laughs> but so so it's not so much what they say you know it is as though no it, it is that they haven't seen me they're yeah. seeing they're that seeing i'm fat but they but haven't, haven't seen, seen you me yeah the human they haven't seen me the person yeah they, uh, well they haven't acknowledged that right right seen me. right so they've acknowledged something else and that, that and that's me. the first thing that's coming out yeah so home. so again i don't know if this is healthy but you know those shows where the cocoon people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just go into a cocoon and just, I mean, they stay right here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And depending on 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 the, the circumstance, I can actually they can actually be talking and I stop hearing. Like it's just like the, the sound between the stations. Yeah, like in on the, the cartoons, yeah. Where you're shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden you were a person, now you're static. I'm just like shh, shh. You're static. What are sh- especially if I don't know you, you just know Oh wow, even more it's so it's like mm, I don't know if that's a good thing. It could, it, <laughs> <laughs> well, to wrap up, Elva, of course, yeah. I always like to ask my guests to give advice. You know, there's someone who is listening, who was you as a child, or is you right now, mm. and they are resonating with this because they have been through it and they've lived it. What kind of advice do you have for that person to remain grounded, focused, not defensive, in love with themselves? You know, I'm hesitant to give advice. Anyway. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is just your opinion. Um, so yeah? in general, mm-hmm. what I think is that people need to own their own their experience as their own. Mm-hmm. Um, be, try your best not to become 
um, attentive to the opinions of others on your journey what you've experienced there are things unspeakable that you've experienced that others won't know about right won't understand don't need to understand um so in if if you are struggling with your weight be kind to yourself be patient with yourself um ensure that you are focusing on your health and what your particular health challenge is so if your health challenge is that you don't tolerate glucose well then if you love your body, you're not going to put a lot of carbs in there. Right. If your health challenge is cholesterol, cholesterol then don't eat a lot of pizza. Then no, we're not saturated going to eat a lot of cholesterol. saturated fats and right. so on, right? If you're anemic, then you need to work. And then what? What because of the uniqueness of your journey. So people don't know that I'm anemic. Right. People People also would take advice and say, even I laughed at the doctor. <laughs> Right. When I said I was like, I've been anemic for years. Yeah. And it does affect my energy. Mm-hmm. And it does affect my ability to exercise and that kind of thing. So so your journey is very personal. It's yours. Be patient with yourself. Be kind to yourself. I think that's really it. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. If think of the person that you love. Like unconditionally, the closest person on earth that you love unconditionally, and when you're when you're doing your self talk, ask yourself if you'd speak to that person that way mm. on any day. I love that. On any day. I love that. And if and you wouldn't say it to that person, then don't, don't say it don't to yourself. Don't say it to yourself. Don't say it to yourself. And 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 the love, figure out your love language and pour it on yourself. Amen. Figure out. I just saw honey. <laughs> Figure out your love language and pour it, and you said that's sticky, stick, though. Yourself. But I mean, that's what you want. I want it to stick. You want it to stick. Yeah. So, so if you, if you, if it's acts of kindness, be kind to yourself. Right. If it's right. words of affirmation, affirm yourself. Right. But what if it's gifts? Do you give yourself you gifts? Buy yourself gifts. What if it's touch? All right. So, <laughs> I had an answer, but it's not the episode. Right. No, no. This is not the episode for that. Yeah. So, but um. But figure figure them out and uh, and pour it on yourself. Be radical about um, taking care of yourself. You will invariably take care of others as well. Yeah. Um, there's no you. There's that. there's nobody else. Yep. Elva, I love those final words. And I know that I want people to be clear. This weight journey is not Elva's brand. So. <laughs> So when I ask her the next question, don't bombard her. But um, where can people find you? You know, people, and it, it can be work or personal, but maybe someone might hear this and want to reach out to you on social media. Otherwise, if you're comfortable, please let them know. Okay. I think, well, on social media, I don't even know. If, I'm barely there. I'm I hanging know. there. But I think I'm most active on Instagram. Yes. And my handle is Elvastic. Okay, you're fantastic. <laughs> I'm fantastic. And I will put that in the show notes yeah. as well. So you guys can um click on that link if if you forget. But it's at Elvastic it's at on Elvastic. Instagram. On Instagram, um you can DM me and um I I, th- I think I check that fairly regularly I think to so, be able right? to respond. Yeah. And Elva, well, you know, I always things. really appreciate when people come on this particular podcast to share their truths. Truths are powerful. Truths are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Truths are honest. There's so many things and it's not easy to do. So I thank you for your time. Thank you for your honesty. And I wish you all the best on this journey and keep loving yourself. Thank you, Mario. And you do the same. <laughs> Thanks, Eva. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Okay. 
You've just listened to episode number 52 of Talk Truth with my friend Elva Clark. Please follow her at Elvastic on Instagram. And you know what to do on my side. Follow our podcast at TLKTRTH. And yes, that's Talk Truth without the vowels. But our website still has vowels. And that's TalkTruthJA.com. Or send us, send us an email at TalkTruthJA at gmail.com. As always, please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. Let us know how you feel. Screenshot something. Put it on social media. You know, we love when you when you talk to us. And we'll highlight you. So, until next time, you know, this is Talk Truth. Where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Later.